Hello, everyone, and welcome to Reason to Panic, the only podcast out there for the worried mind. That's right, we give you a reason to panic each week, so you never have to worry about running out of reasons to panic. Welcome to the podcast. This is Randall Floyd, and I'm your host today. Uh, we also have Eli Bowman. Well, hello. And Tyler Mason. Hello, everybody out there. This week's reason, there's an invasion in Spain, and not your regular everyday invasion either. This is a much more foul invasion, an invasion which, if not taken down, could lead to some very serious consequences. Some may say this invasion has turned into quite the coup. The question is, can it be scattered, or can we only hope to feather the swarm? Actually, this kind of invasion isn't all that uncommon. Though it doesn't happen enough to declare any kind of state emergency, it seems to be an annual problem. In 2019, there was Miss Topping in London. She had two uninvited guests in her home. They would sit in her home in random places and watch her eat. They used her bathtub as a lavatory, though they eventually used the toilet. They even made her burn her dinner, and apparently, these invaders are broom-resistant. It also happened in 2018 in New York City. They would actually sit on exterior windowsills and yell at odd hours, waking people up at even odder hours, and defecated all over the place. But the most recent invasion, the one we're addressing this week, and this is a real problem, is in Majorca, a beautiful island off the coast of Spain. The invasion is so bad, residents are calling it the swarm of the century. Well, they would, except COVID has them a bit distracted. But that hasn't stopped residents from complaining and trying to get to the city council to get rid of the invaders. The primary method of stemming the flow of these pests, oh, it's a pigeon invasion, by the way, is with trap cages. Probably a very humane way to deal with the animals, but the pigeons refuse to budge. Authorities say using the cages is very slow because the pigeons breed like rabbits and they contaminate the water supply and there's no other reason that they can think of or no other humane reason or way to get rid of them. So they just plan on using more cages to stem the flow and the tide of all these pigeons. These pigeons, they're trying to use, like you said, Randall, they're trying to use cages to, to send them away. Like they're trying to capture them and send them away but it's not working because they just keep coming back. Even I think it's the mayor of the town. Uh, I think that's who it is. Um, was saying that it's, uh, it's the best idea they've got. <laughs> uh, they've, I guess they've asked the, they've asked the property owner to like put netting down or, or something to, 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 to facilitate mitigating this problem, but they're just using the cages, but pigeons, they are known for their, almost supernatural sense of navigation and so they just come back they, they apparently pigeons can find their nest when they're 1300 miles away so i don't know how these people are going to to get rid of these pigeons outside of sending them to the other side of the world well oh. i know what would happen if they were in kentucky the pigeons would be gone real quick <laughs> <laughs> And, and people's bellies would be very full. Uh, I, I, 
I'm no, I, I'm just I'm I'm cracking up over, you know, the fact that you've got these pigeons that breed like rabbits, and the best that people can come up with is brooms, and uh, you know, netting. It's there. There just has to be a, a better way to to be able to slow down, you know, the the reproductive process. They lay eggs for Pete's sake, right? I mean, it's not like they just pop a baby out and suddenly there's five pigeons flying around. But but they mate for life. They so so pigeons that start mating pretty young and they don't stop until they're like until they're dead. So the more pigeons they have, I mean, they, the, the article says it's just the problem keeps growing and growing. It's because they they keep reproducing because that's what pigeons do. But back to my question, I mean, can you eat pigeon eggs? Would you want to eat pigeon eggs? I guess is another question. That, I guess that is another question. You know, is is there any health benefit to eating pigeon eggs? But how how long does it take for a pigeon egg to hatch? Right. I mean, I don't know. It it seems like there's at least a a, a process of reproductive cycle where it's like, okay, we can we can stop it this time, but instead, no, we'll just, we're going to wait for them to hatch and then we'll address the problem. I you know pigeons they're not, they're not always bad. Right. I mean, can't they, can't they be used for any kind of good or is it always just a problem with pigeons? Because if you go to New York and you ask the average New Yorker, you know, how many New Yorkers love pigeons? You're talking a a, a micro percentage, but if you're the U S military, then you've gotten creative in the past. Haven't you Randall? Well, yeah. I mean, what better way to communicate in the middle of a war than with something that can't be picked up by radar um, <laughs> I mean, back in Iraq, in the when we when there was the Iraq invasion, they they were the military was having trouble, and I have to go back and read everything about it. But they wanted to be able to send communications um, between bases, and and so they eventually ended up having to use pigeons. I mean, at one point they they used a pigeon that made it all the way to where Saddam Hussein was hiding. I don't know how that happened, but um, like so they're super reliable and they can go like Eli said, for 1,300 miles. But they, they make great uh, message carriers at a minimum. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons pigeons are good, I suppose. There was this, there was this war in, like, there, there was this battle in World War II that stranded some, that stranded some, some uh, soldiers, U.S. soldiers. And uh, I'm trying to see if I can find it here. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, 194 stranded U.S. soldiers in October of 1918. And there was one particular pigeon. In fact, they named it Cher Ami. It completed a mission. It saved the lives of those stranded soldiers. If that pigeon hadn't done its job and delivered the message, those soldiers would have died. So they're, they're not all bad. At least they can be trained for some some kind of good application. Um, and you know, the military spends so much money, nearly a trillion bucks a year. So you figure if we're still using pigeons... They're, they're, I guess, doesn't that make them cutting edge in some ways? <laughs> well, and and let's not let's not forget. I love the pigeons' work in Alfred Hitchcock's movie. Like, shoot, now we're getting back to a reason to panic. Well, I just feel like we were trying to, you know, we we're we we're trying to to calm the fear here. That, but then, you know, Alfred Hitchcock proved that that the problem they're having in Majorca is is very very real. Um, but I am grateful for the GI pigeons. There's no doubt about it. Well, do pigeons have any other redeeming qualities? 
We always called them rats with wings. I don't think so. I mean, have you been? Have you been? To, has have you guys been to New York? Oh yeah, it's 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 an infestation. But <laughs> it's interesting though. The, uh, the, so you know you know Tesla, Nikolai Tesla. Speaking like of New York, the Nikolai, right? yeah, yes. the Nikolai Tesla. He he was in like he had there was this white pigeon. So when he was when he was staying in New York in a hotel, there was this female pigeon that he was like in love with. I mean, he even he even <laughs> let me see if I can find the quote. Oh, gosh, um, yeah, he, he even like at one point said, I, I love this pigeon like a man loves a woman. <laughs> and, 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 and so when the, the, the pigeon would get sick and would fly to his window and, and, and Tesla would would like like be next to it, like lay next to it for hours at a time. And when the and here and when the pigeon died, Nikola Tesla, he was like inconsolable for days when this pigeon died. So, <laughs> I mean, I guess he's probably part of that micro percentage of people that that didn't have a problem with with pigeons. However, he's also Nikola Tesla, and he's a micro percentage. Like he's an outlier in many regards. It, it suddenly throws into perspective exactly why it was that um, Edison won the uh, the current war. <laughs> Maybe Edison didn't love pigeons, and so he wasn't yeah. he wasn't constrained by that by that <laughs> love, right? <laughs> He was able to put his mind to uh, to greater greater application. So pigeons, they, they they're like. Have you ever watched bullfighting? I'm familiar with it. I've never like watched with matadors. One. Yeah, so to sure. calm the bulls when they get angry, they they use goats. They're called calming goats, and so it seems like pigeons have a similar quality. Um, <laughs> like they can be emotional support animals for people. It sounds like. I am totally going to get like a service pigeon, a, a, a service pigeon vest. Exactly. <laughs> and like some sort of like a kite leash, right? Be like, I, it's, it's my service animal. It keeps me from panicking people. <laughs> service pigeon. That's just, I, I never thought of such a thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I would, I, I would imagine trying to raise awareness and funds to put little vests on pigeons. I mean, <laughs> But you know, hey, hey, they've got they've got enough unique skills that maybe they can. I mean, look at Tesla. I mean, ultimately, ultimately, it didn't work for him um, <laughs> because there was a demise there. But uh, um, maybe for a time, it did. So you're onto something, Tyler. You know, I, I heard that pigeons are also good for training your hunting dogs because you can you can use them um, and and have your dogs retrieve them. When uh, my brother was telling me this, you, if you if you twist their wings and put them so they're overlapping, they can't fly. And then what you do is when you're training your dogs, you can actually toss them and then your dogs will go get them and bring them back. So um, they're, they're great for, for teaching your dog how to point and retrieve and, you know, stuff like that. Speaking of, speaking of dogs and pigeons, Darwin, Charles Darwin, um, he was super fascinated by pigeons. Apparently like he went to, he went to like all of these, breeding clubs for pigeons and he hobnobbed with all of like the elite pigeon people um where he lived and i think which i think that which i think was london at the time and so when he wrote about like uh the 
the domestication of of animals there's one chapter that combines dogs and cats they get they get they share a chapter but pigeons get two chapters in that book <laughs> so what you know it makes you wonder why we don't see more pet uh, pigeon pets around well I'm, I'm starting to wonder two things with with this episode the first one is um how many groups can we make mad in a single podcast um and the second one is like we've got we've got Darwin and Tesla so far. What is it that these great minds recognize about pigeons that our our modern society just seems to completely overlook? Well, maybe maybe it's because those guys were outliers themselves, and pigeons are kind of like almost like the the symbol of you know common societal rejection i mean honestly most people <laughs> most people don't like pigeons and maybe these people just relate maybe these geniuses just kind of relate with pigeons because they just they just feel like they're they're they feel like they're an outlier themselves and i don't know just an idea just a thought i mean i suppose i can see you know the similarity like if you have a bunch of really really smart people in one group and a person runs through them they'll scatter real quick <laughs> took me a second but you're right I was just picturing that in my mind. I was picturing like a, a a league of extraordinarily minded people standing there, like solving quantum theory. And actually what I pictured, and I, I, I don't know why I pictured this, was a streaker running through the middle of that. I guess it, it was just very disruptive to the... <laughs> Extremely disruptive, yeah. But... So there's good things, but like, I don't know what should and thank you for correcting my pronunciation on this because i don't speak spanish um mallorca what 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 do they need to do i mean these the the pigeons themselves that their poo it it's getting in the water supply like and this happens all over the place are there any solutions or any any ways that i mean i we've talked about it but yeah they can't drink the water good grief like what 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 are we supposed to do to stop because i mean it could happen in your town honestly there could be a random with climate change. Maybe the pigeons have to migrate and they, they come down a little further south or a little further east or west. I mean, I guess if they go east, they, they'll go in the ocean. But uh, um, where where do they you know, what, what, what should we do? I wish I knew more about like um, pigeon pest control practices. I don't. But um, there's got to be something. I think that's why they talked about the owner of the property um, having the, you know, I think they they petitioned to the to the to the person that owns the property so for so long to just to take action, um, and 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 maybe it's just about prevention. Uh, maybe if you can, maybe if you if you see that there's a problem forming, you just kind of nip it in the bud. You put some netting down, make it so they can't nest, um, and then maybe they move on to somewhere else. Who knows? Go invest in cats. That's that's my <laughs> suggestion. Really vicious cats, maybe even big cats. I would donate one. Um, uh, if anybody who wants a, a cat, I've got one for you. He's he's big and he likes to eat. <laughs> he is a big cat. Maybe the city in Spain needs to needs to hire the 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 the, the uh, Tiger King guy. I guess he, you know, I guess they can because he's he's incarcerated. We need to hire his replacement. And bring the big cats and just scare the tar out of these pigeons. Maybe they don't come back. Well, you know, actually, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna deviate from topic here just a little bit, and I'll tie it back. So, so stay with me. So, 
Spain has a really interesting way of dealing with wildfires. And instead of doing controlled burns, what they do is they, they actually hire the goat farmers to bring their goats through um, highly uh, combustible areas, right? Places that need to be trimmed back. And just in process of, of them bringing their goats through, that's like their fire control. It's brilliant. Um, so if Spain can come up with that, I am sure they can come up with some sort of a way of like outsourcing the pitch and pest control with, you know, big cats or, uh, you know, maybe falconers, right? That would be, I, I would pay to go to Spain to watch like falconers bring their, their birds in yeah. to deal with this problem, right? So just like whatever the natural predator is of the, of the pigeon, bring it in, bring it in in droves if you have to, and just make sure it's controlled, I guess. Well, animal populations control themselves when the food supply runs out, you know, the predators adjust. Well, I think these pigeons are controlling it really well in this particular yeah. case. It almost sounds like um, because the, the government is working so well at trying to solve this problem that it, it's actually <laughs> super effective. It's actually probably would be better <laughs> if maybe the landowner took personal responsibility for the problem and, you know, instead of going the long way, did something himself. And I think that kind of maybe that's how we can deal with stuff like this on a societal level is, you know, is to take personal responsibility or something um, <laughs> instead of waiting um, for somebody else to take care of something that you could probably do for a hundred bucks. Yep. And then, you know, if all else fails and then the property owner doesn't take responsibility, you get some flamethrowers and you have a big old barbecue. That'll work too. Yes. Bring some Cajun seasoning, <laughs> right? blackened pigeon. A buffet. Enough for everyone. <laughs> Invite the neighbors. I actually I was wondering what that would smell like. <laughs> but, but then I quickly changed my mind. Yeah, because if you're just doing flamethrowers, you're, you're throwing everything in the barbecue at that point. Buildings, all their feces, all of the, all of the infrastructure around them. Well, you so, can have like flamethrowers and onion throwers. <laughs> seasoning throwers right instead of, instead, instead of a instead of a pinch of salt it's like a handful of salt you just chuck into the it just chuck it chuck it in there well what you got to do is, is at this point you need to to hire out crop dusters to fill just the belly of their crop dust planes with krill seasoning or salt <laughs> or you know whatever whatever your flavor will be right oh my gosh and just, just go better. and just dust it, it. Oh man, someone would have to pay for that. <laughs> well, a lot of people would pay to watch it. Well, and you know, assuming that you can perfect the process of barbecuing pigeon this way, um, you know, you people pay to come watch, and then you charge people yeah, you by the by something. the head to come in for the buffet afterward. You know, all <laughs> you can pick up, sort of thing. Um, you'd actually make money on the deal. So you eliminate the pigeons. You make money, and you get a full belly. I mean, I can I can't think of a better situation. There's our cap. There's our, our takeaway. Capitalism works, people. Capitalism works. Well, every show we're going to rate this uh, on a on a panic scale, and we're just going to give it a one to ten rating on whether or not we need to panic about the issue. And so, so uh, we'll just go around the horn, um, Tyler. What are you going to give this on the, on the panic scale? Well, you know, just, just to give some frame of reference, like one 
would be I'm I'm mildly aware of, right? And 10 is the sun just went supernova and we're all about to be incinerated, right? So I would put I put uh the the pigeon panic probably somewhere solidly at about a three and a half. Um Three and a half is about where I'd put that. You know, if, if they were in my backyard, it would probably elevate. But because it's somewhere else, I'm going to go three and a half. Yeah, well, I mean, and imagine if you were the citizens of Mallorca, right? And I don't know if we need to, to, to rate, do the scale on that. Because, I mean, they, they've got a fairly elevated reason to panic. I'm not trying to change your vote. Um, well, he's, but maybe he's, I am. He's absolutely trying to change your vote. He's, he's campaigning for a higher number. He, he has, I'm just and, curious. Okay, so... So like I said, so for, for the general audience, right, the reason to panic, I'd put that at a three and a half. Now, if you live in Mallorca, uh, your reason to panic is probably going to be up upwards of, you know, a, a six or a, a seven because pigeons are awful. If I'm in Mallorca, if I'm in Mallorca and I'm affected directly by this and, and, I, and, and, and I have to, to, you know, to go elsewhere and, and find, find a different water supply, I have to spend my own resources on, on bottled water or I have to inconvenience neighbors and 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 and, and beg for their water, uh, you know. To me, that to me, it's just a, it's it's like a seven point one because you know, if life is a problem every day, then and if it's only getting worse, and the government's telling you it's only getting worse, that's a solid reason to panic. I'm going seven point one four. I mean, I understand government, but honestly, as far as going on a global scale or even a regional or national scale, I I. I don't know. I would pull out my pellet gun um, and I would take care of it really quickly. I, I don't really have, I mean, if the government is stopping you from taking action, then I think the reason to panic goes up significantly because um, I know that I, I wouldn't really have any issues dealing with the pigeon problem if it happened to come my way. And so I know not everybody shares that same opinion but if you don't then you can always talk to somebody who does have that opinion and they will take care of your pigeon problem um, unless you live in new york so i i honestly i would give this a really low panic rating and i think that the people in new york are kind of over um over panicking i think because it's a problem that really should be just taken care of really quickly you can rehome them if you want to um, clip their wings so they can't fly back i don't know but it seems like it should be a one or a two, um, because if it's you're, if you're allowed to use a pellet just... gun, and if you're, allowed, if you're if you're allowed to use some kind of projectile or firearm, then then you're absolutely right; it goes down. But you know, if there's an ordinance or law that prohibits you, now we're now we're now we're talking. Your hands are tied, and you just mm-hmm. get to watch these pigeons just increase and increase every every day. Yeah, and and that's what I was saying. Like if if there wasn't one then it would be a one or two, I suppose. But tying my hands, um, I wouldn't want to move unless I really didn't like all the other ordinances in that area. Maybe that would be the final straw. But yeah, I, I can see that being um, one of those things that you just can't really take care of if uh, if you're not allowed to. And that would definitely, I, I would put that on a similar scale to a, a mildly bad earthquake. So I mean, I would, I would go 6.2 four, 6.5. I mean, ask California how those feel. Um, it, it, it's definitely a legitimate reason to panic if, if left unchecked, especially when, when the government makes it difficult for you to deal with. So there is general consensus is if you live in the area, 
and uh, and your hands are tied, your reason to panic is is going to be solidly right there in that seven range. Is that are we in agreement on that? Yeah, I think so. If your hands are tied and the government's not working and, uh, and, and all you can do is sit and watch, then yeah, you're going to panic. All right. Well, that's all we have for today. Thanks for tuning in to Reason to Panic. Tune in next week for another legitimate reason. <laughs> See you next time. Thank you.